welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British and love local wool. This month, Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by The Knitting Goddess. Joy Macmillan is an independent dyer of British knitting yarns, producing luxury hand-dyed yarns from British wool bases. Joy is as passionate about sourcing homegrown fibre for her yarns as she is about colour. Make sure you sign up to the Knitting Goddess newsletter for exclusive subscriber discounts for the weekly shop updates. Click on the logo in the show notes or visit www.thenittinggoddess.co.uk. Hello and welcome in to episode 67. My goodness me, 67 already. Just feels like I started doing this yesterday. Um, welcome to new listeners and a huge hello and welcome back to those of you who are regulars to the Knit British podcast. It's always lovely to have you around here. I am all at sixes and sevens this week and so please bear with me because this podcast is a little bit uh, not as planned. I don't have any notes so it's going to be a little bit a little bit different. Um, probably more ums and ahs. I apologise for that in advance because I'm not going to have a lot of time to edit down this week. I'm all at sixes and sevens because there's so much happening at the moment. On Saturday, I'm going to be at the Scottish Smallholders and Growers Festival at the Lanark Agricultural Centre. I'm going to have a information stall with lots of fleece and yarn samples. The idea is that um, Rosemary Champion, who is one of the organisers, uh, who is the Accidental Smallholder uh, blogger and also has Rosedean Rylands, uh, that you will have heard me talk about on this show before, she thought it would be a really great idea to have an information table with all of these samples so that smallholders can see the value that knitters and handcrafters place on British breed wool and single breed wool. And so that was the kind of idea, to have uh, some samples. And also, from 12 till 2 in the ring... I'm going to be doing a knit and natter and I'm going to be bringing along some British wool uh, samples so that people can try. So if you're coming along or you know anyone that's going or anyone that lives close by, encourage them to come along. It's going to be a great day. There's going to be lots of animals and uh, craft judging and things like that. Uh, And there's going to be um, exhibitors as well. So it's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. I also have some literature from the Tour of British British Fleece. And I want to say a huge thank you to Elaine the Hill on Ravelry and also Torin, who suggested this would be a really great idea to use some of the literature that um, and display materials that the Tour of British Fleece had at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So it tells a little bit of a story as well about how spinners, again, emphasising how much value we place on, on British breed Uh, fleece and wool and fibre and so I'm going to have some of that with me as well which is lovely and hopefully I'm going to take some 
samples as well, if I can dig them out, if I have time. But also the great Knit British Blanket, as knitted by Cathy Stitch Mastery, uh, is coming with me too. So it'd be great to see you there. So that's one of the things that I'm getting organised for. The other thing is Shetland Wool Week, which, oh my goodness me, I can't believe that I will be heading up to Shetland on Tuesday. It's inconceivable. Uh, <laughs> I'm also doing a talk on the Wednesday on haps and how popular... They are with knitters and with designers and uh, yeah, I'm writing a talk about that in presentation and I, that is taking up a huge part of my headspace because talk about it is one thing, but doing a, a really nicely uh, timed presentation, that's, these are the things that I used to do at uni that you suggest. I loved doing them, but they stress me out so much. So yeah, my hair is a lot shorter now. I should say because I've been pulling out, but no. <laughs> so gosh, yeah, it's there's a lot happening. Last time, I promised you that I would be telling you more about our fantastic sponsor, The Knitting Goddess, Joy's New Yorkshire Yarn. I lied. I told you a big fat lie. <laughs> Actually, I didn't tell you a lie, but... um. The wool is going to be a little bit later in getting spun. Uh, she had Joy had hoped that this incredibly special yarn would be available at Yarndale. It's going to be a little bit later. So I'm actually going to visit Joy and Claire of Four Ways Dorsets next month. And so I'm going to be interviewing them for November, but also I can interview them about this yarn for Knit British. So I apologise if you were looking forward to tuning in to hear about the Yorkshire wool, but it is coming. Uh, there was also something connected with Knit British and the Yorkshire wool. I will come back to that, I promise. Let's first of all just take a nice deep breath together, right? Doesn't that feel better? Let's do it again. Sometimes it just gets a little bit overwhelming, doesn't it? Even if all of the things are good things that are going on, it piles up inside of you. It becomes a tight wound ball of crazy chaos when actually it's all good things. There is a way to get through it. It's just that we need to st stand back and take a few deep breaths and try and prioritise. I have been struggling a little bit lately with anxiety. I've got, as I said, I've got a few things coming up, but I've also got a lot of travelling coming up. Um, travelling and me, we're okay, but I tend to get quite stressed about it. And also, if I'm travelling for long journeys, I get quite fatigued as well because I have an underactive thyroid. And so, yeah, I've these things have been playing on my mind. And I just think that it's really good to be able to take a deep breath and go, right, let's just focus on something else and something fun for a little while and come back to that. So I thought that instead of uh, barraging you with heaps of information uh, in this podcast, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing lately in terms of craft, because we all know that craft is our life raft, isn't it? It's the place that we go when we need 
to wind down, we need to do some mindful and mindless knitting or crochet or felting or weaving or something that is practical and is useful but has that calming effect. This week I have been doing some spinning. Not great concentrated long bouts of spinning but just 28 minutes here and there and it was my my good pal uh, Louise Hunt, Lacey to my Cagney, who um, kind of inspired it because she was doing some spindle spinning 15 minutes a day and I thought yeah I think spinning would be such a good way of sort of letting go a little bit and and doing something for me. It also clears your brain because you're doing one action whether it's spinning whether it's knitting in in round through off all of those things they just have a habit of quietening your brain and sort of having just a little bit of clarity so all the other noise kind of goes away and and I find that I can make better decisions after I've done some spinning or some some knitting it's it's quite nice so I've been spinning this week with uh, some beautiful fibre sent to me from Deb of fondant fibre and it's from her High Peaks collection. The blend is called Tam More. No, it's not. It's called Mam Tor. <laughs> Get it right, Scully Pop. Uh, and it is a blend of Blue Face Lester, Merino, Kid Mohair and Silk. And the picture that Deb has put on the little band is of mountains, um, beautiful green mountains, blue sky, pink flowers, um, sort of very, very soft peach colours. And that is exactly the fantastic colours that are in, uh, that are dyed uh, in this blend. And it was an absolute dream to spin with it. It was like a cloud. I quickly realised that I had to put a bit of table uh, tea towel over my knees because the, I think the silk is so fine that it was um, coming off onto my jeans and uh, when I when I washed my jeans I didn't notice that there was a fine web of, of fibre over my jeans which then sort of felted into little clumps when it came out of the washing machine. <laughs> But it spun so smoothly. Um, I am still playing about with my my spin wheel. You might remember that I got a bliss for Christmas from the lovely fella. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But what I don't play with very often is the ratios and things like that. And so I really need to have, like give myself a spinning weekend and really play about with fibre and with the different ratios. Um, but I love the wheel, really love it. So I spun this this up, and as I spun really, really up, up really quickly, and I then I sort of chain plied it. I'm slightly getting better at chain plying on the wheel. I really love chain plying on the spindle, and actually, it's my favourite kind of ply. I <laughs> in the beginning, when I tried plying on the wheel. Oh my goodness, it was such a mess. And what I ended up doing was taking the fibre that I'd spun on the wheel and chain plying it on my spindle because I really wanted to get the kind of ply that I was used to. Because I think if you have gone from spindle spinning to wheel spinning, I don't know if anyone else has found this, but there are things that you can, you feel you do really well on the spindle that 
feels clumsy when you do it on the wheel. And chain plying is one of those things. I, I've never just been so fond of two ply. Uh, so I really need to get better at chain plying and maybe try Andean, but I think that's going to be a while before I get, I get good with that. But it's lovely though, because it's all part of the learning process. As I always say, craft is, is always got, there's always something to learn. There's always something to get better and do better. So yeah, so, so that's my aim is to just try and get better and, and spend a bit more time um, practice it really I'm so chuffed with this this though and I think this would be really lovely um, as a pair of bed socks because you might remember that last year I knit a pair of bed socks and then they found their way into the washing machine and then they became um, not even big enough for cats to wear <laughs> so I think that's what I might do with these I should do that with all of my hand spun you, you might have heard of this franken sock thing that people some people do at Christmas time uh, instead of buying the very expensive sock yarn advent calendar just go to your stash and pull out a different hand spun or sock yarn odd, oddment every every day of, of advent and then knit your socks like that and you get you know some fantastic variations in your in your socks but they're I like that idea and I think that would be fantastic to do with hand spun. So I might do that. I might do that because I never seem to spin enough for a pair of socks. You know, it's 100 grams. I always seem to spin quite thick, which is fine. I, pre I would prefer um, thicker yarn, I guess. But but yeah, so so that's my, my spinning. As I say, in some places with that, that three plying, chain plying, it's a bit overspun. But again, practice makes perfect, and I I just love that, that spin wheel, and I love being able to make yarn really quickly. Um, it's it's a, it's a really nice thing, and it's a really lovely practice, as I say, for just sort of clearing your mind, um, and uh, yeah, getting the noise out. Uh, something else that I've been doing uh, this week is casting on a hap. Now. <gasps> What's new for you, Louise, you might say, because I've cast on quite a few haps in the last few months and not got far with any of them. In fact, you may remember me telling you that I ripped out my nut hap on the train to Dundee a few weeks ago because my gauge was off. Well, the fantastically lovely Ella Gordon, uh, who is Shetland Wool Week patron this year, uh, she has, has brought out a hap cowl pattern. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep. I am having one of those bad boys. So I couldn't wait for her to release the pattern, uh, which she did. And I, it's it's a four ply, but I have, of course, not content with what's written in the pattern. I've cast on with a uh, double knit and I've actually used the Daughter of a Shepherd Hebridean and the other colors that I'm using are the colors that I had set aside for my nut hap. But I just think they'll look so lovely in this uh, hap cowl. So I've got Isolde's Blend 1, natural, and the dyed blue, and I've got Tamar in there. And I also had the blacker Hawkweed Falkland Merino Swan Island um, in there, but it was too bulky uh, because that DK is more of a worsted, I would say. So it was too bulky. So I, and it just looked wrong and I didn't want to change the needle size too much. So I went to my stash because I really wanted a nice sort of autumnal orange in there. And I found some incredible uh, BFL from Laura's Loom, 
uh, BFL Marl, so it's orange and grey. And I really liked that, so I thought, well, I'll have that in there. And the Tamer, and so I'm really pleased with it, but when I was knitting it last night, I've got... So I've done the the main colour, and I've, so I'm halfway through the colour chart for the old shale border. But when I, you know, because we all, us hat knitters, we like to get those bits of cardboard out and wrap our yarn around it for our colours. And I liked the colours that I'd chosen and the, the, the order of them, but knitting it slightly different. And the Tamar uh, yellow, which I can never remember the name of it, um, bear with me and I'll find out. The, the, the Tiddybrook yellow is actually too strong next to the dyed blue Isolde blend one. So I thought that what I could do to sort of break it up a little bit was to put another couple of rows of the Daughter of a Shepherd in there just to sort of break it up a little bit. Um, so I think that that'll work. But hopefully, 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 hopefully I will have this to wear at Chitland Wool Week. Um, I would love that. I'm so, I just love the hat curl and I love that it's Ella who has come up with the, the design. It's it's lovely. It's knit back and forth. It's not knit in the round. So people who like only knit, knitting seamlessly might be a bit put off, but actually it's, it doesn't take any longer, really. It's the same amount of knitting that's involved. You're just knitting backwards and forwards. Shetlanders don't like to purl, so um, this is why she's done it this way, which I think is quite right. So you're just knitting, um, a smooshy garter, <laughs> come on, uh, it's lovely. And what you do is you then block it uh, and then you sew it up and you use the, the your yarn that you've joined at the end to sew up. Um, so it's, I just can't wait. I'm really, really, really hoping that I get it finished. In fact, I might take this to my work with me tomorrow and see if I can get some knitting done on it uh, while I'm on my break. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, really enjoying this design. And if you're looking for something to cast on that's uh, hap-like um, and you don't want to do a full big shawl, but you want to get a little bit of the hap love this would be a fantastic project for you really nicely laid out pattern she's got a couple of uh, color choices in there for you but of course you could go mad and just do what you know your favorite colors or some other kind of color combination it would be fantastic um, I'm so pleased that this pattern has been released and as I say hopefully I'll get it knit for wool week that would be quite nice I feel like I'm talking about Will Week like it's way off in the future, but it's not really because it starts on Saturday. And if you're going up to Shetland on either the boat on Friday and you're listening to this, then a big hello to you. Or if you're making your way there, I hope you have safe travels. Uh, don't forget that if you have knit a hap in either of my hap cals, we are going to have a little meetup. Uh, and it is going to be... Um, it's just for those who've taken part in the hap cals or knit haps uh, since the cals and we're going to meet at the Shetland Museum at 10 o'clock on Wednesday the 28th in the morning we'll go and have a little look around I should actually check that the museum is going to be open then 
because wouldn't that be awful if it wasn't? I better go and check next after I finish recording this. But I'm pretty sure that it is. And um, we'll go and see some of the knitwear upstairs in the museum. And then we'll go for a wee cup of tea uh, and a chat, which would be really nice. And hopefully get a picture of, of us all in our haps, which would be really nice, wouldn't it? And don't forget, if you're coming to my talk, uh, I might, uh, I'm giving a talk on the evening of Wednesday the 28th of October, no, September, and uh, I, the, the evening is called In Search of Lace, Tweed and Haps. And Carol Christensen, uh, who is the curator of the textile collection, is going to give a talk on Shetland lace and commercial patterns, I believe. And then Andy Ross uh, of Global EL is going to be talking about weaving Shetland cloth. And I am going to be talking about the importance of the humble hap in uh, for knitters and designers today. And it's the, the, the talks are always lovely. I think it costs £6 for a ticket. You bring your knitting, you bed in. It's just a really nice get together. And hopefully if you're, if you're coming and you've taken part in the hap cal, you'll bring a hap. Because what I would really like to do is have some of the haps out on the table um, so that people can have a bit of a show and tell. But I'd also really love uh, at the end of my talk to invite anyone wearing a hap to come down and just do a little twirl because haps are really special and they're really important. They've come a long way from that humble everyday workaday hap to being something that we as knitters love. And so I really want to to give that a big hurrah. So if you're coming to my talk and you've got a hap, be prepared to be asked to come down en masse. En masse? God, there's not going to be that many there. But <laughs> uh, I think it'll be really lovely. Um, not just for, for Shetlanders to see, but just for us to see, we did this, we made these, and these are where they're rooted. These are where haps come from. Uh, so that's kind of awesome. I'd like to do that. And what else have I got planned for Shetland World Week? Well, I'm going to be doing two classes. On Wednesday afternoon, I'm doing Helen Robertson's enamel shawl pin and buttons class, which I can't wait for. Helen is an incredible jewellery designer and is very inspired by Shetland, by the landscape and by the heritage and culture and uh, knitting. And she, I can't, I'm going to try and take some spends with me so I can buy some of her new tree of life earrings stud earrings remember you might remember last year ahead of will week i was telling you about her her earrings for knitters that said things like knit pearl uh, k2 tog ssk things like that which is just awesome and and this year she's designed a tree of life uh, stud earrings which are just beautiful and and last episode i was talking about how the tree of life is just so synonymous with for me for Shetland knitting and um, so I really need to try and get my hands on a pair if I can. Then what else am I doing in Shetland? Do you know what? I can't, I can hardly think past the talk on Wednesday. It'll be really lovely. I know lots of people who are going there so hopefully we'll be doing some catching up but do you know what? I'm also looking forward just to being home and um, not, you know, seeing some people and maybe not doing all of the Will Week things. Um, so that'll be good too. Um, of course, 
no Shetland Wool Week would be complete without the Sunday teas at the Tingwall Hall. Uh, so I must try and get along to that too. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, some people from home, but also looking forward to seeing people who are coming to Wool Week who, you know, are returning uh, for uh, another time that I met, you know, years ago. It's just going to be lovely. It's going to be really, really nice. I have been sent a book to review. I don't just want to give this one a quick look over. I'd like to read this one uh, because it's something that's quite meaningful to me at the moment. And that is mindfulness. Rachel Matthews of Prick Your Finger in London has written a book called uh, Mindfulness in Knitting. Mindfulness has been something that I've been trying to practice recently. And as I said there at the beginning of the podcast, um, you know, craft really is a way in which we can meditate and we can we can be calm and it can give us enormous well-being. Uh, so I, I am going to give that a proper read and come back uh, next time with a full review. But if you would like more information on that book, as I say, it's Mindfulness in Knitting by Rachel Matthews. It's published by Leaping Hair Press. It's going to be published in October and uh, it's going to cost £8.99 and it is a beautiful hardback, uh, really very beautiful indeed. So for more information on that, uh, you can go to www.prickyourfinger.com and again, I promise uh, to come back with more information on that soon. I think it will be a very interesting and lovely read and very practical. It looks like there's really good practical advice in there. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Something else that's forthcoming that I'm excited to tell you about is the new book from... Oh, look, I've got... Oh, do excuse me, my interchangeable needles have just uh, come apart. This is my fault entirely because I have such a bad habit of quickly casting on something and not tightening that screw um, uh, with the little T-pin thing. I do beg your pardon, I'm so sorry for the interruption. <laughs> yeah, the new book from The Crochet Project. Now, as you know, I am not a crocheter, but I have long had the wish to, to learn. And I've tried to teach myself and I've tried to take a crochet class on Craftsy, but actually, I think I just need someone to show me. And... This is totally an aside, I, I do apologise, but recently the Edinburgh night classes were uh, were released and the crochet night class got swooped up really quickly. So I, I do hope to take a class. And this is a really good thing to spur me on because the new book by The Crochet Project, which is a collaboration between Kat Golden and Joe Scrace, uh, is called Raw and it's a collection of crochet patterns to celebrate the beauty of undyed British wool, which is awesome. Now let's not, let's not beat around the bush. For many of us who think about crochet, we think about acrylic, granny squares, you know, uh, not something that uh, you, you, you know, we think about kitschy acrylic granny squares. Now, I, I like the kitschy granny squares. That's one of the reasons that I want to learn to crochet. But I'm not interested in the acrylic or the cotton. And I kind of feel like with people I talk to, um, 
that they like the acrylic and the cotton for crochet. Well, do you know what? Sod that. Because here we have a collection of two garments and four accessory patterns in undyed British wool. And the wool is blacker yarns. Now, you already know that blacker yarns uh, are just synonymous with awesome yarns created especially for handcrafting. So this is going to be an incredible book and yarn collaboration. Joe and Kat have explored a wide variety of tones and textures in undyed wool to create a simple but stunning collection. Seek comfort in the mamble socks or the Lindridge sweater. Explore the rustic refinement of the Aberley shawl or play with natural colour in the team cardigan and new Newnham hat and mid-set. Did you tell that I was reading that? I was reading that. <laughs> Um, I think this is, is incredible because it, this is something that I always say, do you know what, if you haven't tried British yarns before, go over to Blacker, buy a skein of one of their pure British wools or British bead wools and just have a go and what could be better than crocheting up a pair of socks or a pair of mitts or a shawl if you're more adventurous or a garment if you're more adventurous. This is a fantastic way to explore the British breeds available. And I just can't think of anything better, honestly. Um, it says in the press release that patterns cater for the advanced beginner to intermediate crochet. And the book provides plenty of tips on choosing pattern sizes, following crochet patterns and professional finishing tips. All patterns are written in the standard UK terminology. Even more exciting than that, it says the book contains a £5 gift voucher for Blacker Yarns. So there we go. Again, go and just pick up a ball of yarn from Blackers and try it. Give it a go. If you're heading to Yarndale this weekend, the book is going to be launching there. Uh, so seek out the crochet project. Uh, it will retail for £12 for the print book and £10 for the ebook. This is going to be a really special collection, I can tell. Crochet is not, it's not just the kitschy. Crochet is, can be stylish and it can be really, really incredible for learning new techniques and learning new patterns. And I am a big advocate, as you know, if you have listened to the podcast before, that we should celebrate the unique textures and characteristics of British breed wool. There is a yarn out there for every single need and every single garment or accessory and something that will look fantastic in, diff uh, in different stitches and in different um, techniques. So this is fantastic. And I really, 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 really want to learn to crochet now. Please, can I live vicariously through you? If any listeners get this book, will you please share the things you make with it in the Knit British Ravelry group so we can see. Um, I'm going to put some pictures up on the show notes so you can see some of these items in the book. I think my favourite project, which is totally ambitious for somebody who doesn't even crochet, is the Team Cardigan, which just shows off a beautiful ombre effect of British wools it looks like the coziest cardigan and the texture of those crochet stitches is just beautiful the Linbridge sweater again I know ambitious for me who doesn't crochet is also gorgeous and it's got a really beautiful 
um, kind of scoop slash boat neck and I just love the, the shape of this sweater actually. It's got a real classic kind of 50s shape to it. And can I just say the photography is amazing. Um, it's all done by Kat Golden and if you follow Kat on Instagram you will know how incredible a photographer she is and just is she just seems to get the most awesome light for every single image that she takes. She's just incredible. So that is Raw by The Crochet Project. And if you're heading to Yarndale, seek it out. If you're not heading to Yarndale, watch www.thecrochetproject.com to ensure you find out about that fantastic book. Another little thing that you should probably know about if you are, certainly if you're based in the north of England, is that the little grey girl, aka Gemma Dudley, who I've spoken about on the podcast before, purveyor of incredible knitting project bags, her business, the little grey girl, is turning one this year. Isn't that awesome? And she's going to have a birthday party in Trunk Show at Countess Ablaze Studios in Swinton, Manchester, on the 8th of October, between 12 and 5 p.m. And she says, expect cake, balloons, streamers, and a whole lot of gorgeous project bags, stitch makers, stitch makers, stitch markers, and yarn. Entry is free, and you and all are welcome to join the birthday bash. And of course, you know me, I love Countess of Blaze. I visited there on yarn shop day and was smitten and the countess has such an incredible range of british bases her incredible english gentleman range which had been available in dk and Arran, and which is a bfl and massam blend is now available in a four ply pretty awesome i've also uh, finished knitting a croft house cowl because, you know, I was kind of a bit enamoured with the Croft House hat and knit three of them. And then I thought, do you know what? I fancy a cowl. And so I cast on a cowl using uh, the Countess's uh, Cheviot yarn in the colourway, Stardust colourway. And I thought that's kind of going to look like an awesome sort of Shetland summer night, Merry Dancers, Northern Lights kind of abstract background. And then I used odds and ends of different natural colours to to knit the hooses in. Uh, so I'm very chuffed with that. I'll put a picture. Um, it's kind of punk. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I love that Cheviot yarn. It's it's incredible. And, you know, the Countesses think the only dyer using Cheviot, which is such an awesome base. I mean, it really is a great British breed to be knitting with. It's, it's dense and it's bouncy and it's really 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 woolly and and resilient and um be great for so many things in fact i've got a a cardigan's worth of um that in the temptress red colorway that i need to um make something with that would be nice uh so sorry i totally got swayed by the awesome countess uh, <laughs> so yes little grey girl countess ablaze uh, having a fantastic trunk show on the 8th of October, if you can get there, that would be really good. And very, very, very happy birthday to the little grey girl from Knit British. Here's to very many more. So I kind of promised last episode that I was going to talk about special shenanigans that Knit British 
listeners and readers can get involved with the Knitting Goddess's new yarn. Now, I kind of need to sidestep this a little bit because I'm not talking about that yarn this episode. But I feel that it's probably <laughs> time to stop teasing you about the, the one of the things that I've been cooking up. You guys always ask me how you can support the show. And I've talked before about how I don't like things like Patreon. Now, they work for other podcasts and other podcast listeners. But for me, for these two episodes that I do a month, I love every single bit of doing them. I love recording them. I love editing them. And I love uh, doing the show notes and things like that. I don't feel that I should have to do more because you want to give me regular contributions. That's just how I feel about it. I'm not saying that it's not good for other people, but it's not good for, good for you, not good for me, as Amy <laughs> Poehler might say. Uh, <laughs> um, and a tip jar facility is fine, but I wanted to do something that made you part of the show if you wanted to contribute. And it was lovely Meg in the third, aka Mrs M's Curiosity Cabinet, who came up with this with an idea that I'd kind of already been mulling over but she kind of cemented it for me and that is to have listeners sponsor an episode of the show and as you know when I have sponsors I like to make them part of the show I don't just have a little ad break here's a word from our sponsors I like to find out a bit about them and you know, to give that to you, that extra dimension about who's sponsoring the show and what makes them tick. And, you know, last week I had an interview with Joy. There's going to be more to come from her in the coming months. You know, Brit Yarn, we would do Cal's, things like that. So I felt like this was a really good way of of doing that. Um, So I'm going to be offering 10 listener sponsorship spots. There will be some exciting things that come with being a listener sponsor. First and foremost, you get to come on the show because, again, I'm not having a sponsor who's not part of the show. So there will be uh, a fun way for you to be on the show. There will also be benefits, sponsor benefits, uh, which include something exclusive from The Knitting Goddess and other awesome things like badges and things like what you would expect if you're like a member of, you know, of a, of a group. <laughs> there will also be discounts. There will also be other exciting things like the, the collaboration, another collaboration with the Knitting Goddess on yarn naming rights. I'm not going to say any more about that at the moment. So I hope you're kind of excited about this. I will promise to publish a blog on this with all of the details. I spent a long time thinking about what to call it because I don't like the idea of a membership scheme. Um, sounds like something you join in a magazine or something like that. Um, I don't like... I, I kind of tied with friends of Knit British, but really everyone who listens to this podcast is my chum and I considered a friend of the show. Um, and then it was, of course, my good friend Felix Ford who said, why don't you call them the muckers? So these listener sponsorships, aka the Knit British Muckers, there's gonna be there's gonna be ten spots available with benefits for for your buck and for sponsoring the show. 
and I will tell you more about this soon. There's also going to be other ways if you don't want to spend the money on sponsoring the podcast there are, there are going to be other ways in which you can help um, contribute towards the podcast because I'm going to be selling some merchandise. Exciting things are coming and I feel like it's nice the time to tell you. Um, watch out the, on the blog at www.knitbritish.net I don't think anyone else has done this having sort of listeners sponsor the show and it really is the only way that I can think of to to really make those of you who want to contribute to the show part of the show because you know the listeners are the flagstones around this knit British hearth if it wasn't for a wool and it wasn't for you I wouldn't be doing it I absolutely wouldn't be doing it and I'm excited at the prospect of inviting you to be an even bigger part of the show and so let me know what you think. I, as I say, there's only going to be 10 spots available. There will be absolutely no please reserve a spot for me kind of thing going on. I will open up um, a shop and give you the dates of when that's going to open. And there's no sign up by date or anything like that. It's totally when it's gone, it's gone kind of thing. And yeah, more information on that soon uh, on the Knit British Muckers. Well, I think that's probably enough. Do not forget, good friends, that this weekend is Yarndale and you will be able to head on over to see the Knitting Goddess and Blacker Yarns and find that fantastic new St Kilda Laceweight dyed by Joy, the Knitting Goddess. The colours are incredible and I have been seeing some incredible test knitting going on for Sonia's Heartland Cliffs shawl which is going to be released for this yarn range and oh my word, oh my word, garter and lace is just incredible. It's just incredible, it's just beautiful and those colours are absolutely to die for. If you can't get to Yarndale but you want to try and get your hands on some of that fantastic St Kilda, then after the weekend, head to www.thenittinggoddess.co.uk where you will find the St Kilda Laceweight in mini skeins, packs as well as uh, in 50 gram skeins, and you will find, oh, so much more. Thank you so much for listening. I am going to take a little break at the beginning of October and the podcast will be back in late October. So this is to give me a chance to have a little break and also um, I'm going to be doing some visiting and doing some pre-Wovembering work. Um, so I will talk to you then and do watch out in the blog for details of the Knit British Muckers and more. Take very good care whatever you get up to in the next month. I hope that you are well and cheery and get casting on all the sweaters because autumn is here and winter is coming. Bye for now.